The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, God. The day I learned Peggy was preparing for the next step of her journey was a day that she and Charles summoned me to the hospital. It was time to talk. A rare instance of her requesting to see me in over 10 years of walking with them both, Peggy was far too unassuming to ask for much. I know you're busy, she would always say when I would ask to see her. But she said that from the perspective of someone who had worked closely with parish clergy for many years, she knew more intimately than most that the church has a funny way of demanding everything of its ministers, both lay and ordained, and yet still expecting more. So this was a day when Peggy summoned me for a visit, which meant to me that something extraordinary was happening. I remember walking into the hospital room and Peggy sat up for communion and she shared with me the decision that she was going to end her hospital care and go home and enter hospice. And then she paused, and in her familiar, steady, careful voice, she said to me quite plainly that the end was near. And she added as she gazed thoughtfully forward with her eyes open, unflinching, that she would approach this last chapter of her life with determination. Determination. I suppose if there were one word that would fit Peggy's beautiful, rich, long, and varied life of service, it was that word. And it was her word just as worthy to use in facing death as it was to approach life. It was a remarkable moment that I will always remember, speechless as I was for a moment, and believe me, that's saying something, in the presence of a spiritual giant among us. Peggy had become so frail physically yet she retained such a strength of character. She was ever spiritually strong, stalwart, clear-eyed, candid, and yet gracious. 
and as her sons just noted, so kind to everyone. And so over the ensuing weeks, Peggy approached her last days with that kind of organization and grace we all knew so well as friends and family came for a final conversation, a benediction, a validation, a last loving exchange of memory, a blessing from a tender yet strong soul. Figures like Peggy are rare in our lives, too rare, we might opine. From one perspective, they are worth a hundred of us, are they not? On the other hand, they are great gifts to our communities, for they are always calling forth our better angels, salting our lives and conversations with gracious, carefully measured words and countless virtuous deeds. Many of those deeds are modest by themselves, like the annual birthday card so many of us received from Peggy for years. But each act is carefully engaged, mindfully intended, filled with a remarkable love that touches us with its unassuming simplicity, its grace, its tireless devotion. And then we wake up in a moment and we look back at the accumulation of all those kindnesses and generous actions and we realize that we are in the presence of a great soul. We have learned to call these people pillars of our communities. The ancient prophet Isaiah called them oaks of righteousness. Now, this is the first memorial service I have organized in 14 years where all three orders of clergy have eagerly stepped forward to take part. There are some in the church who collect clergy the wrong way. Peggy collected them the right way. And that in itself is a testimony of the respect that Peggy commanded, but never flaunted. Respect that she earned, but never took for granted. Respect that she stewarded with a grace second to no one I've ever known. She was, and in that mysterious way in which life is not truly ended, but only transformed by death, she is, and will always remain, an oak of righteousness. In the familiar gospel passage we just heard, Jesus tells a questioning Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he follows up with that profoundly personal and uncomfortable assertion, no one comes to the Father except through me. In this part of the world, it's a pair of verses that can make us extremely uneasy because it seems, at least at the surface, to reject the diversity of faith, religion, and culture we encounter almost every day in our lives. But I submit to you this day, my sisters and brothers, that this uneasy understanding is more about our bias than Christ's 
We often hear these words in the context of power, of world religions jostling up against each other, of different faiths competing with one another or competing with no religion at all. But in the context of John's gospel where this appears, Jesus is merely offering comfort to his devoted followers who are bewildered and anxious about his impending departure. They are concerned about what will happen when he is gone. Peggy planted her faith in these words in the right way over many years. Even as she encountered a wide range of people from all over the world and even here in Mill Valley and at Church of Our Savior, she knew that the faith she embraced in Jesus' words were meant to comfort and guide, not divide. She knew a teacher and a God who offered a personal antidote to the games of power the world and even religious institutions so often play. She embodied what I believe Jesus actually meant. That the path to God is found not through the profound thought or the schemes of the powerful, but it is rather found through the humble and personal. The path to God is found in the ways that we touch the lives of others through kindness love, generosity, self-offering, the truth of an honest life pressed into service so that others might live and live more abundantly. And this Peggy knew and Jesus asserts is a way and a truth that leads to God a life, in fact, that can even conquer death itself. Peggy showed us the way, the truth, and the life of Christ. She showed us what it meant to be truly Christian, a faithful friend to all, a pillar to depend upon, an oak of righteousness nurtured in the waters of kindness, temperance, patience, gracious words, honesty, and all those old virtues that remain all too rare. Yet they hold our tender lives together in love. God raised her up as a tall one among us, wise and strong, devoted and faithful. And there is no end to the number of ways her presence changed and shaped all of us. How we miss her. Even as many of us recognize her alive now in the eternal love of God. Her legacy lives on with all of us here from her children and grandchildren to her wider family, friends, and the community she helped to nurture. What would she say to us, I wonder, being honored by this gathering today? Well, her beloved sons have already touched on that. 
it would make her a bit uncomfortable at first. But after acknowledging that, I suppose she would offer gratitude. And then, in a way only Peggy could, she would chuckle and instruct us to keep on with the way and the truth and the life that she showed each of us. And she might add, too, to carry that forward, but to do so with determination. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.